0: This is Nuanes Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuanes Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, but not right now because Carroll College and Rocky Mountain College squaring off in women's hoops here on their uh, Thursday night uh, game of the week on SWX. You can find us visually, at least, on the ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuanes, you want to be a part of the show, 406 888 1029. That's 888 1029. Missing in hour number one, the little pressure cooker. Who's got more pressure on them between the coaching staffs in this upcoming Cat Grizz rivalry games between Montana, Montana State, and women's and men's basketball, as well as the respective seniors for the uh, four respective teams playing in this. We also heard from Matt Logie, first-year head coach for the Bobcats, and Anna Moody, a super senior guard for the Grizzlies. And we talked a little uh, NFL. Shout-out to our guy, uh, Brian Salonen, Uh, Former Dallas Cowboy, former Grizz, great. He was listening to the show. He says, you guys are spot on about the Cowboys, and I believe him because he played for the Cowboys. Uh, before a lot of this crazy, corrosive uh, environment existed, but we were talking about how Mike McCarthy, how does he still have a job, but also doesn't really matter. Is it the the world that they live in that's holding the Cowboys back more than who's at the helm, who's the coach? You can find all of it on the Nuwana's Now podcast, probably presented by Schulte Law. Visit jschultelaw.com, the M store where they're all Grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. We'll get back to this on the Cowboys, but first, a discussion from earlier this week. All football all the time here on Nuwad is Now, ESPN Radio. We're into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs now. And there were certainly some surprises in the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. Brooks Nuwandas joining us like he does each week to break down all things NFL and play a little guess the lines. But first, I want to play a little game of fair or foul. I only have a couple here. But fair or foul, the Bills-Steelers game getting moved to Monday afternoon, even though there's bad weather across the country. I think it's fair. I I think that playing football
1: in like three different seasons is generally dumb. That might be a hot take, but I I just don't think it's like that great of an idea. The other thing that maybe you have insight on, actually I know you don't, because who has this? I would know the answer. Why isn't the field just covered? And then they have these massive machines that hook onto this massive piece of, it's a tarp, it's a hybrid tarp, and they just drag it back. And then the field has not been snowed on this whole time. Like, why do they allow it to be this ice bowl? And like, right before the game, they're like, we'll we'll clear the field off now. Maybe just cover it. It
0: seems plausible. Seems plausible, especially, you know, like the answer would be money if you were talking about like high school sports and, or like college sports, but like, the NFL, I mean, the richest people on the earth are the ones that own the NFL team, so they probably could afford whatever tarp you'd want. If that doesn't exist, you think you just pay somebody to invent it? Because, again, you're just billionaires. What if you just, like, tarped all the seats, too? So each section
1: had a tarp, and then you, you rolled it back, and all the snow came down to one central point, and then the seats were covered during that time when you could plan for a... a you know, it's, it's a blizzard. In, in Buffalo, you could plan for this. It seems... I don't know, like low hanging fruit, but instead they're like
0: seven hours before the game. We better start clearing it off. Seems ridiculous. Okay, uh, good idea. We'll uh, we'll pass it up the chain. All right, fair or foul. Mike McCarthy being on the hot seat after getting the doors blown off of him by the Green Bay Packers at home, and uh, not only he, but the Dallas Cowboys falling flat on their faces and just giving themselves a nice little swirly like they've done every year in the playoffs for the pretty much since or the pretty much the duration of, of our lives. I think it's completely fair. I'd get rid of McCarthy. Um, this
1: is something I don't like in the NFL is is kind of this entrenched um – job growth. If you become a head coach, you can only be a head coach. Unless you're like a DC, you can go back to being a DC, but no one goes back to just being an offensive coordinator. And Mike McCarthy's just a good OC. He's just not a good head coach. Like he won a Super Bowl because he had the best player in the league in Aaron Rodgers. That's fine. But like Mike McCarthy's a really good offensive coordinator. He can't motivate people. He's not a good head coach. You could just hire a a head coach and have him be a great play caller because you don't just you know go to the sidelines and or rather take three years off of the NFL than come back and have the number one offense in the NFL. That's not something that's easy to do. He's a very gifted play caller. He can't
0: motivate guys. It is fascinating to think about because like the trend in the NFL, you and I are always talking about if you have a, an offensive-minded head coach or a defensive-minded head coach. The defensive-minded head coach almost always, if that team is going to be good, like right now D'Amico Ryans is in that situation, if the team is going to be really good, they have to have a really good offensive coordinator, right? And like the Texans, they do. They have Bobby Slowick as their offensive coordinator right now. And he's a guy that's getting a lot of juice now as the OC, or as as like one of the guys that's going to be one of the next guys that gets a chance as a head coach. It's just so interesting because it's like, so often when you have a defensive-minded head coach, they have an offensive guy that's really good, and then you can be really good. That guy almost always gets an opportunity, and then it has an opportunity to then hurt your franchise On the opposite side, if you have an offensive head coach, you could just lose your defense. The defensive coordinators don't move up as much to head coach. And then when you lose them, they're easier to replace. Do you get what I'm getting at? It just seems like it's a, you've said this for a long time. It's better to have an offensive-minded head coach with a great defensive coordinator than it is to have a defensive-minded head coach with a great offensive coordinator.
1: Defensive coordinators, just they treat it differently because they, number one, you can coach effort. Um, On offense, you have to dictate. You have to you have to paint this beautiful picture. You have to write a novel. You, you can use whatever metaphor you want. Defensive coaching is so much more reactive. It's also so much more effort based. Um, so there is a motivational point where you can take a team that's injured. You can take a team that's undermanned, and you can coach through that defensively. An offensive coordinator. So much goes on the shoulders of the person who makes those decisions. Uh, defensively, there's a, you know, don't get me wrong. The defensive playbooks in the NFL are, are massive, but they look nothing like an offensive playbook. You have, you know, you have, you have theory. You have a scheme that you want to get to, but offensively, it's it's so much more important to have someone who really has not only the nuances but speaks it fluently and and, and can can coach guys through some of the challenges because it's such a mental side of the of the ball. Um, if you have a quarterback, you can have any either side of it. Colter, the number one thing that's the most important thing in the NFL is coaches that are Mm well-rounded. Someone like Mike McCarthy does not speak defensive football. Of course he does. He's better than you or I, right? He knows defensive football better than anyone we all know, but... On a big picture, you just mentioned Sloic with the Texans. He's a defensive coach. That's right. He's a defensive guy. You talk about Kyle Shanahan, He's def- he, these are defensive-based principles. They run off defense, not just offense. Sean McVay knows as much about defense as any defensive coordinator in the league. He could be a defensive coordinator, maybe even top 10 in the league tomorrow if he needed to. It doesn't translate
0: the opposite way. It's so true. Brooks Duanas here on Duanas Now ESPN Radio. It's all football all the time, presented by bet Montana. That's why the, the, the Mike Shanahan tree is so fascinating, right? Because Mike Shanahan, he he got the coaching start for his son, obviously, Kyle Shannon, but also Sean McVay, also Bobby Slowick, uh, also D'Amico Ryans comes from that coaching tree as well. Um, what did Mike Shanahan do with all those young coaches that wanted to be offensive-minded play callers? He made them coach defense. They started their careers as defensive coaches. Bobby Slowick's first jobs were coaching positions on defense. It's such a great point. And, you know, I've heard a lot. This is a total tangent, but like Montana State, for example, they just... Taylor Housewright just left to go to Akron. They promoted internally with Tyler Walker, who's the last couple of years been a tight ends and fullbacks coach. You look at his resume, though, all of his coordinator position or all of his coordinator experience, excuse me, has been at smaller levels at the D2 and D3 levels, but on defense. And I heard a lot of people balking at that, like, oh, hilarious. The Cats hired a defensive coordinator as an offensive coordinator. And I was like, if it's not linear, it's not the same as like, coaching in the NFL like this, but. I actually think it gives you a huge advantage. I think the guys who can coach on both sides of the ball. It, it teaches you a lot. I mean, for example, Jeff Choate is a defensive coach, right? Jeff Choate coached running backs and tight ends for the first eight years of his college coaching career. That's how he got into college coaching. So um, I, I do see it. I think, I think being on both sides of the ball is, is uh, impactful and valuable for guys. Yeah, and again, I think the most important
1: takeaway for in the NFL especially is it's a different style of coaching Major League Baseball, maybe an outlier. Hockey, those those two could probably be grouped together. But in the NBA, that's probably the hardest because guys have you know their own agenda. They have their own free will. The NFL is right there after that. It's very challenging to motivate grown men like this. They know the answers. Someone like Chris Jones, how are going to motivate a guy like this. He thinks he's bigger, better, stronger than everyone has ever played, including you as his, as his coach. How do you motivate this guy? If he's unmotivated, how do you get through to him? It's not about X's and O's when it comes to head coaching. We're so used to these upstarts. Uh, you know, Matt LaFleur, and I mentioned Sean McVay, and, and Kyle Shanahan, all these guys who are, you just see him on TV at na- nauseum because they're the play caller. It's unique. It's I don't think it's something that... Um, should be taken lightly or for granted. I also don't think it's fully sustainable forever. I don't think that those guys will be excellent head coaches and excellent play callers for the next thirty years. One of them falls off because it's such a high level that you have to that you have to be at. I think that the motivating factor is extremely underrated. Someone who takes off the play calling duties and starts to motivate someone like Todd Bowles who wins the NFC South three years in a row, wins a playoff game, looked great, has the team motivated. It's a full-time
0: job, and I think it goes underrated. Well, it's like you look at the Las Vegas Raiders, right? They fire their coach a couple years ago. They go with an interim guy. The players love him. Then they don't hire that interim guy, and they hire Josh McDaniel instead, and the players hate him. And then they have to fire him again, and then they hire Antonio Pierce, and Antonio Pierce... Nobody's talking about Antonio Pierce like the X's and O's stuff that they're doing. They're just talking about how Antonio Pierce is an absolute dog, and those guys played their absolute tails off for him down the stretch. The Raiders were terrible, and they finished like seven and, and ten, or maybe even eight and nine, and won several games down the stretch. And then you know now they they do the right thing and they promote internally, and and Antonio Pierce is the head coach going forward. And I just I I, I think it's I, I totally agree with you. I think people are lost where they think that. <laughs> it's the old Bobby line. Everybody runs all the same stuff. That's not that true in college. It's 100% true in the NFL. And you can run all sorts of new stuff every week because you don't have practice limits. You can practice for 20 hours a day, or you can, not, not. I shouldn't say practice. You can implement stuff for, for 15 hours a day. Like you can fundamentally change what you're going to run week to week in the NFL and be good at it. Look at what the Patriots did for 20 years. So it really does come down to continuity Cohesiveness of message, motivation, uh, all of the above. It's all football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Here on New is now ESPN Radio. Sportsbetmontana.com, all sorts of great information for you. If you want to see how the lines are moving, there was all sorts of weather this last week. So if you want to see the updates of how the weather is affecting the lines or how various injuries affect the lines, or you want to just get a, a tutorial about how to bet, if you're a little confused, if you're a beginning sports better, there's a whole how to bet section on here as well. Sportsbetmontana.com. Also get the Sportsbet Montana app in your life. Anything to add to this conversation before we uh, do one more fair or foul and then do some guess the lines? I mean, all of my favorite coaches in the league, favorites for a variety of
1: reasons, but mostly the output and the effort they get from their guys are just not play callers, right? John Harbaugh. And um, you can go to, you mentioned D'Amico Ryans. He's not calling plays. You look at guys uh, like Matt Eberflus in Chicago who wasn't calling plays until he had to, but g- rallied that team, got those guys motivated. You know what challenge that is? Um, you know, McDermott in Buffalo, not a play caller, right? But has those guys prepared because he knows that what they have in Buffalo is good enough for the two seed and good enough to make Super Bowl runs. Uh, so that's just kind of my, my, my last point is... I really lean on those guys um, that that have the whole organization in mind that can can be involved in multiple departments as well as player development. Uh, it's I think it's I think it might be a secret sauce to it, man. It's not all about the boy genius play color. Uh, maybe this
0: we'll see how it ends up being, but uh, I
1: really do like that that formula.
0: Everybody got all strong out on this years and years and years ago, decades ago. Bill Walsh is the one that created this, but Bill Walsh. Even though he created the West Coast offense and he has perhaps the the most prolific coaching tree in the history of professional football, he's also one of the great motivators and organizational structure people in the history of America, not just in professional sports. like. The Score Takes Care of Itself is a book that people across all spectrums of life read because of Bill Walsh's ability to manage people and get the best out of people. And so I think people were like, oh, man, the 49ers won all these Super Bowls because they have this crazy offense and and Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. Really, it's the way Bill Walsh treated people. That made the 49ers, you know, like the great, the greatest, you know, Post Steelers dynasty of the '80s and, and uh, early '90s. All football at the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Okay, one more fair foul. Then we do some guest lines. Fair foul. Nick Sirianni should be in, uh, should be fired in Philadelphia. And secondarily, speaking of play callers who seem to not know what they're doing from a motivational or X's and O's standpoint, maybe Nick Sirianni can save his job by firing the second defensive coordinator of the year this time in Matt Patricia. What do you think of the situation in Philly?
1: Yeah, they're making changes. I think it probably starts with Matt Patricia, the classic fall guy. You know, like, there's very few guys that get put in that position where there's going to be fall guys from multiple organizations for multiple seasons. Um, foul, as far as Sirianni being out, um, You know, was a coordinator on a team that won the Super Bowl and, and then now a head coach on a team that took or for a team that went back to the Super Bowl. And last year, you can say what you want. I thought the Eagles played better in the Super Bowl. I thought they, they should have beat the Chiefs. So. That being said, Sirianni, I think, stays. You do got to make changes. Um, they have some stuff internally. We're going to see it in the next few days, Colton, this week or next. Well, you know, what they call it, the end of the season. The hit piece already came out uh, before the Bucks game. There was a nasty piece about all the internal turmoil. It will continue to come out. The Eagles have something seriously going wrong. I mean, I think there's some Jalen Hurts resentment for maybe his personality, his style, things that, you know, fit really well with the media, don't always fit well with players. Uh, hey, he's a, he's a darling of the media. Yeah, so is Russell Wilson. This doesn't like Russell Wilson. Anybody. Um, stuff like that, I think, is starting to to bubble in in Philadelphia. I think Jalen Hurts can not only mitigate that, but can rise above that and, and and get a team going. But you know, you lose Jason Kelsey, you start to see guys that are starting to get old. You know, Brandon Graham is getting older and Fletcher Cox is getting older and you know, there there's a time and a place. And in the NFL it's a very stark reality.
0: All right. Let's uh let's do some guest lines, but first let's round up what happened Last week, it was a, a fun week. I know that a lot of people were complaining about the the lack of uh, competitive point spreads in the game. So there was quite a few blowouts. Got started out with Houston completely housing Cleveland, 45-14. to 14. Then Kansas City uh, just stranglehold on Miami. Miami did nothing. Kansas City just just uh, suffocated them. 26-7, to seven, the Chiefs move on. Green Bay rolls it up on Dallas. They're up 27. Nothing, then they endure... Uh, A decent rally by the Cowboys, but they still win going away, 48-32. The best game of the weekend, Detroit versus uh, the Rams, was awesome. And the Lions get their first playoff win since January of 1992. And then on Monday, the the Bills get out to a 21-0 lead about 20 minutes into the game. Then Pittsburgh comes storming back, but the Bills are able to slam the door. 31-17 over the Steelers. And then on Monday, why we're talking about Nick Sirianni and the Eagles and that whole situation, an embarrassment. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been able to score on nobody and their offenses look completely pedestrian for pretty much the duration of the year. And last night, Baker Mayfield throws for 340 and three touchdowns. (laughs) People don't even know if he was going to play in this game or not. And he's a, a average at best NFL quarterback at this point in his career. And, uh... I mean, he might be slightly above average, but I don't know, man. Regardless, you can't give up 32 to the Bucks, and they did. They got absolutely destroyed, 32 to nine. So, uh, just thoughts broadly on uh, the overall uh, first weekend of the playoffs.
1: I thought that there was some good games. There was, as you mentioned, some games that weren't super competitive, which, hey, that's how that goes, right? That's just part of football, especially in the NFL playoffs when you're playing a really good team. If you get out-schemed or if you have something go wrong, we saw some injuries. We saw some stuff like that, but no excuses there. I thought the Texans looked really, really good, um, a team that I've liked all season. I think C.J. Stroud is a baller really like what they do offensively too. It's creative. It's fun. We talked about slow because the offensive coordinator who will likely get some looks, but I could also see him rolling with D'Amico Ryans another year and getting a little bit of development. Uh, Colton, I thought that the, um, the Cowboys were probably the biggest letdown of the week. Um, you know, you could say stuff about the dolphins, but anyone who's watched the in season hard knocks or followed um, what the dolphins have gone through this year, there's always an injury team. You know, last year it was the chargers the year before it was this team is, if you lose eight, ten starters out of twenty-two, you're going to have a real hard time getting after it. Um, no Javon Holland. Again, I mentioned him, the number one PFF ranked safety last year in the league. Um, in his third season from Oregon, you know, no Bradley Chubb, an elite pass rusher. No Jalen Phillips. You start to go down the line, and it starts to get pretty grim, right? I mean, they start uh, the Sealer guy in the middle. I can't remember his first name. Jason Michaels. The Sealer guy, number ninety-two. He's from Ferris, Ferris State. State. <laughs> Okay, we're starting guys from Ferris State here in the playoffs. You know, I mean, I I'm all about Sealer. I'm all about Ferris State here, but the Dolphins had a rough look at it. I thought the best game of the week uh, was honestly. It could have been between Rams-Lions, but I thought the Steelers and the Bills actually played a pretty competitive game. I thought the Steelers showed up, man. People talk about Mike Tomlin, um, and maybe you know people are getting tired of him. Uh, we have a buddy, it, big NFL fan, who says that Mike Tomlin is just Pete Carroll 2.0. That his time, just, you know, yeah, just keep him around. Give him another five years and watch it just keep getting more stale and more stale and less creative and more stale. I don't agree with that. I think Mike Tomlin's an absolute genius when it comes to motivating people. I think that their roster is relatively bad. Um, When you look at, there's some pieces, right? But overall, when you talk about a bunch of middling average guys, you know, I think Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are good. I think they're average. I think, you know, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren in the backfield are good. Average though, um, I think that the Steelers to come out and get ten wins this season with some injuries and banged up. I thought the Steelers had that game seventeen twenty four. Shouldn't they, they had no right being in that game? Having it be moved, have to travel two days early, to the weather conditions. So I thought the Steelers played a little bit above their heads, which is I thought was what's pretty exciting to see. Uh, but as we mentioned, the Matthew Stafford return to Detroit Coulter very very good, uh, awesome game. You know who doesn't call plays in Detroit? Dan Campbell, Coulter He's busy.
0: <laughs> He's busy doing push-ups and power cleans and bench presses and taking shots of espresso. And man, I, I I will say I love Dan Campbell. I'm also concerned with his health. His his face is just is a spectacular color. He's just his neck is bulging at all times. It's it's uh it's wild. Remember one spot time, Casey Fitzsimmons, Chester Montana's finest. He came on the show. We were talking last year when the Lions were on hard knocks. Casey Fitzsimmons, who's a Montana Football Hall of Famer, and I guess you could say friend of the show. He's come on the show a couple times. He's like best friends with Dan Campbell. And he said, mark my words, Dan Campbell will have the Lions in the playoffs in year one and as a contender in year two. Well, sure enough, Casey Fitzsimmons called it. Pretty impressive, the job Dan Campbell's done there in Detroit, including their first playoff win in 30 years. We'll continue with all football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana, right on the other side. Keep it right here, is Now, ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do? We don't cut diamonds, (laughs) okay? Yeah, but we can facilitate
1: that. (laughs) It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits. Of what we had previously thought was impossible.
0: Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. One two three. One is now on ESPN Radio. Brooks is here on Nuñez Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. All right, let's talk some uh, guess the line. So here's your divisional round matchups: Houston's at Baltimore, two thirty on Saturday. That one's on ABC. Green Bay's at San Francisco, 6.15 Saturday night. That one's on Fox. Tampa Bay is at Detroit. That's 1 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, NBC. And then Kansas City is at Buffalo. That's a 4.30 p.m. kick CBS. So no Sunday night football for the first time in uh, months. Don't know what I'm going to do. Don't know what I'm going to watch after the dinner's over. But either way, it's still got a full slate of games. So uh, let's just start at the top. Um, Houston at Baltimore. Man, i I think that I mean I know the Ravens are favored in this. Houston's looked pretty good lately, though. I'm thinking Baltimore is uh, a little less than a score favorite, five and a half.
1: Yeah, I kind of would have guessed the same, and it's eight and a half, so really high. Um, I guess that's not surprising. Baltimore has a good home field advantage, and and obviously they're you know some time off to, to get healthy. The Texans rolling with some momentum. 44 and a half point over under uh, while the Ravens have played extremely well on defense. I don't know how much you're slowing down the Texans. I kind of like the over in that game, even though I've been generally staying away from totals this season, eight and a half, uh, pretty high there.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's uh it's pretty high. And especially with um, how well CJ Stroud's been playing that said, it's going to be a, a stiffer test than he's seen before the browns are good defensively but they've also been banged up defensively baltimore just can come at you in waves i mean they led the nfl in sacks this year 60 plus sacks they got all pros at all three levels of the defense i think they got the best linebackers in the league i think they got the best safety in the league in kyle hamilton so um i don't know which which way do you lean on that i mean I, in terms of the i think the spread is a little bit weird but uh is there any way that houston can go into baltimore and get a win i think they could I think they absolutely could. Um,
1: they they have talent at, at all three skill positions, including tight end. You know, not not talking about quarterback here. Um, I like Dalton Schultz at tight end. Uh, they've they've just played well at. at the receiver position and they're able to run the football you know i thought devin singletary who was kind of a cast away from buffalo is actually a fairly good running back i thought so when he was in buffalo it's all about opportunities if you put a guy bury him in a timeshare and give everyone eight carries of course he's not doing much with eight ten carries start to get him more towards 15 it looks more like a league average uh, i think the texans could go in that game i don't think they will but if you you could talk me into bet eight and a half uh, for the Texans to cover that, but I see th- I think the Ravens win that game outright either way. We can move on to the night game there on Saturday Coulter. That's the Green Bay Packers who are a little, they're on a heater. Oh yeah, I would say uh, <clears throat> you know, if we're talking Texans and Packers, probably neither teams that I really want to play. Uh, they're traveling to San Francisco Saturday night. San Francisco with, with with a you know probably one of the most talented if not the most talented team in the league uh, I'm guessing the spread will probably be relatively high but what we just saw with the Ravens and Texans <clears throat> coming off a win for the Texans it could
0: be even higher when I cashed out my bets from this weekend I like to have round numbers so I can get uh even <laughs> e- evenly distributed bills I don't like ones i like either mostly tens 20s and 50s and so I had four dollars and 41 cents. Uh, that I needed to get rid of from the what I was going to cash out so I just said okay I was just gonna put four dollars and41 cents on uh Houston money line Green Bay money line paired together this week because who knows I don't I don't think either one of them are gonna go win I think either one, one of them could the the chance of both of them winning are are small I mean I think that San Francisco and Baltimore are, are obviously two of the best teams in the NFL but that's like Plus three thousand odds, <laughs> so it's four, four It was four forty one to win something like hundred and fourteen dollars or something like that. So that's a fun one. I don't know. Maybe if you're out there, just put five bucks on those two teams because they are kind of on a heater. That said, I think that um, I think San Francisco. Man, I think it's probably the same. I think it's eight and a half to nine and a half points. Uh, favored over the uh, the Packers.
1: Yeah, you're on it, Colter. Nine and a half. What you get in the playoffs is high. It's high anytime. It's just high. I I, I understand why those lines are sitting there. They're going to get a ton of money, especially in Montana. Um, the over under for that game, Colter, is 15 and a half, So probably going to be one of the higher ones of the week as well.
0: All football all time presented by Sportsbet Montana. Okay, Sunday's games: Tampa Bay at Detroit. Man, there's, this, this is actually kind of crazy that I think there's probably huge point spreads for all, for three of the four games. Uh, I'm saying the Detroit's probably same. I'm saying seven and a half point favorites for the Lions at home.
1: Not giving them the hook to sit at six and a half, which I think is probably the right total. Um, the Bucks haven't played as well on the road, but you know, Coulter, you said that a moment ago that Baker Mayfield was an average at best quarterback. An average at best means that there's an option for him to be less than average. I just did it quick. He's the 15th best quarterback in the league, and there's no question about it. You could even put him in the top 12. I think that it's completely insane to say that someone who's in the top 12 is at best average. Uh, Baker Mayfield, dude, eight coaches. They put this on the, on the TV there. Eight coaches in four years. Number one pick, Heisman winner, an absolute baller. When Baker Mayfield's dealing, Baker Mayfield is dealing it's hard to say that there's other guys in the league. Maybe their ceiling is higher. But when they're hot and they got the team around them, got guys playing for him, he was on bended knee talking to the offense on the bench for the entire time the defense was on the field. A true leader of men is what we're talking about here. Smell Has his smelling salts. He's
0: yelling. Come on now. All right. I guess I'm saying this because true or false, Baker Mayfield is the worst quarterback left in the NFL playoffs right now. True. Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback in his division, which
1: yes. which significantly matters. Um, he's if he was in the AFC, he'd be even better. I'd rather have him. He's getting paid eight million dollars this year. Daniel Jones is getting paid forty. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about who's better at the position. I think that I would take Baker Mayfield a hundred and a hundred times for thirty-two million dollars less. You know how many corners and defensive linemen you can get for thirty-two million dollars? Uh, I just. You know, I'm being facetious, but I also think that Baker Mayfield can play. Uh, when, you, when you, the Saints are going after guys like Derek Carr. Um, you know, would you rather have Kirk next year on the Vikings' cult or Would you rather have Baker Mayfield for eight million dollars? It's a good point.
0: It is interesting, though. As Marty Bortweig always says on the Monday afternoon quarterback, he says the formula in the NFL is really not. It's it's elusive. It's hard to attain, but it's not complicated. You must have a top 10 quarterback and you must have a top eight defense. It's the only way to get to this point or further in the playoffs. And you look, what does every single one of these teams have? I'd say Green Bay is probably just a little bit outside a, a top eight defense, but they're in the top 12 probably. But And Buffalo is probably like a fringe. They're like a... a 10, but maybe not top eight. And, and Detroit actually, Detroit's actually the anomaly because Detroit has a top five offense, but they actually probably have a, a middle of the road, if not like slightly below average defense. They have they have an identity defensively though. They have decided, hey, we're going to erase your run game or we're going to let Aiden Hutchinson go crazy on third long, but they're very vulnerable in the pass game. But other than that, I mean, you're talking about, okay, who are the top 10 quarterbacks in the league? Well, you have definitively like half of them uh, it, it for sure, like of the top five guys in this uh, playoff field. And then you also have, I mean, the best defense in the league is the Baltimore Ravens. One of the best defenses in the league is the Kansas City Chiefs. One of the best defenses in the league is Tampa Bay Buccaneers, San Francisco 49ers. I mean, the, the top 10 quarterbacks, top five defenses, That's that's how you get to this point. Kansas City-Buffalo is an awesome game. It's, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm i sure you'll remember, but the last time these two teams played, but it was in Arrowhead. That was one of the greatest sporting events that I've watched. I mean, it was one of the great playoff games in our lifetimes. It was awesome. It was so fun. It was so back and forth. People have been waiting for it for a long time. I'm so interested to see how Patrick Mahomes reacts to going on the road. It's also a crazy thing, though, to see the Chiefs with plus odds and plus on the money line and plus in the point spread. And that's exactly where we're going to get here. I'm saying Bill's our three and a half point favorites at home
1: yep you're on it two and a half so right that's a field goal Coulter, how many playoff games has patrick mahomes played on the road zero none his 16th playoff start never played on the road uh of course we're counting the neutral field the super bowl as not a road not a road game um he's never worn a white jersey in the playoffs pretty impressive, right? So I think uh, as you mentioned, Coulter, the last game ended with Kansas City winning the coin toss and scoring in overtime. The NFL rules dictate that the Buffalo Bills do not get to touch the football in that situation. I think uh, that was the first real uh, honest uh, moment in time where someone could say, hey, we should look at maybe changing these rules up. Uh, Why not uh, not give these guys, the other team, a shot here? Um, You know, the NFL rules have changed a little bit to where if you only score a field goal, the other team gets a chance, but Man, oh man, Chiefs Bills. I think uh, I think it's everything you could ever want. I think all these other games have decided favorites, and I think that that one Colter, we're gonna get snowpocalypse again. We're gonna get 25 feet of snow in the stands. It's almost like they do it as like a for like a commercial or something. It's like there's got to be a better way to avoid the snow, but we might have it, and I don't think it'll matter.
0: All football all time presented by Sports Bet Montana here on Nuwana's Down. Okay, so tell me this. The middle, towards the stretch run of the season, the Chiefs were not very good. And because in the regular season, because they're the darlings, they're Patrick Mahomes, they're the most popular team in the league. I shouldn't say most popular. They're the most visible team in the league, you know, on down the line. But we sort of gravitated away from betting on the Bills during the regular season because they were sort of lackluster. Now it's into the playoffs. I know Miami's completely banged up, and I know it was a bad scenario in that game. It was in Kansas City. It was super cold. The Bills are red hot right now. I also just think like the Chiefs as underdogs is just so hard to not bet. Yeah, I, this is a
1: personal preference thing. I, I don't like either side of this more than the other. You could talk me into both. Um, the Chiefs are good on defense, and you know the Bills are functional on defense, and they care about it. They focus on it. So I don't. I don't really have a lean in this, Colter. I, I do agree with you though that. We've said through all the time that betting on Patrick Mahomes is a good bet. You know, it's just it just is the right bet. Um, he's going to get things going. He's going to get guys going. He's a gamer. He's the great one of the greatest, if not the greatest, we've ever seen as far as talent goes, as far as ability goes. Um, he, he's right there. He is an all time great. I don't think that that's going to slow down. But at some point, there's going to be uh, a realization, a coronation of Josh Allen, right? It's going to happen. I just do not see Josh Allen, if this is, what, year five in a league, maybe six, uh, 2018, 17, 18. Um, I do not see Josh Allen playing another five years without going to the Super Bowl. Maybe this is the year. They've gone through more trials and tribulations. They've, they've had to fight for it and earn it. Um, sometimes that builds a team, you know, iron sharpens iron, whatever you want to call it. Going through something is important, uh, especially if you overcome it. Going through something like the Eagles, well, now they gotta have a, an off season in between to try to overcome it. The Bills went through it pretty heavy, man. They were not gonna even make the playoffs and they really, really got after it uh, and are surged into the playoffs. And as you mentioned, they're, they're hot. Um, the only concern is is Josh Allen's turnovers, right? And that's to say, well, you know, what if you played it clean and all things were equal? Patrick Mahomes on the road, Josh Allen at home, you no know, turnovers, everyone plays it fair. It's just probably not going to happen, right? Josh Allen is likely going to turn the football over once uh, because of just the style he plays, and that's something that's also kind of hard to bet on. So your Patrick Mahomes take is, cr- is probably correct that you're giving Mahomes points. Uh, you might want to gobble those up.
0: All Football all Time presented by Sports Bet Montana. Crazy how fast it goes. By the time we uh, roll around next week, we'll have a Final Four. So that's going to be uh, pretty wild. You can always find Brooks Nuanas during the second hour of each Thursday show here uh, on Nuanas Now. Get that Sports Bet Montana app in your life. And, uh, I really enjoy the feature where you can just go on there, even if you're not like at the kiosk or in the geo to be able to make a bet in that exact moment. You can do it at your house and sort of play around with certain parlays or manipulate lines, see some teasers, stuff like that, and then uh, then you go down and you're you're efficient. You're not that guy that's at the machine with everybody waiting in line behind you. So uh, get that app in your life, makes things a lot easier, helps you keep up with all of it. Also visit Montana's website, SportsBetMontana.com. Thanks so much for being here, dude. Yep. Thank you. Uh, spoiler alert: Carol, the chicken doesn't know sports, has gone into sports gambling. She gave me a couple bucks to put on a four-leg parlay. She doesn't even know what that is, but I said, "Hey, you gotta make picks." It's pretty good, actually. I mean, there's only eight teams left; they're all good, so it's actually not crazy to pick any of the teams to win any of the games. This actually is not; it's a pretty tasty parlay. She says Ravens over the Texans. Packers over the Niners. Lions. uh, Who do the Lions play again? I just talked. We just talked about it. The Buccaneers, of course. Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. And then she says Chiefs over Bills. So, uh, not bad. Got a couple road dogs and a couple home favorites, and we'll see. So. If Carolyn goes one for one and then just retires on the sports betting, that's going to be awesome. problem with that is she could win a bet, but it could cost her a radio segment because we're going to have a hard time selling the chick who doesn't know sports if she hits <laughs> the four-leg parlay just right off the top. <laughs> the, the, the two totally degenerate brothers who spend hours a week diving in on this stuff, and then Carolyn hits the big-time four-part parlay once off. Yeah, we're fired, and she doesn't have a segment anymore, so hopefully she doesn't, doesn't hit that Uh We'll see. Uh, Noah's now ESPN Radio. We'll talk more things NFL playoffs and Canker's basketball right after this. Visit J oh! one is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I try not to like want things that like uh, talents that you don't already have. I think you should just appreciate what you got, and I think we all have talents. It's just a matter of finding them and accentuating them. If I had one talent, though. That I don't have. And maybe it's just a matter of learning. But I, I do think a lot of times talent comes from having the desire to learn something. And then loving it, it becomes a passion. And then people think you're talented, but really you just work really hard at it. I think about that with my writing all the time. I wish I could play the guitar. That's what I wish. I wish I could play the guitar like John Lee Hooker. That would be, that would just be exquisite. Because it's just so universal, right? Nobody's like, oh, man, that's lame that you're so good at the guitar. No, everybody thinks that's cool. Everybody. <laughs> so awesome. Welcome back to On Is Now ESPN Radio. I got a couple minutes left here on this Thursday. Uh, we're still on Baby Watch 2024. Uh, no baby on my end, or I guess on my wife's end. But um, it's coming, and uh, I keep reminding uh, both of us of that. Uh, actually, the due date's not till Monday, so... Uh, we'll see. A part of me thinks that we'll just be sitting there watching some uh, Bobcat Grizz basketball, and uh, here we go. We'll be headed on over to St. Pat's. But maybe a part of me thinks that I've been late for everything in my life, including when I was born. Uh, so that's probably going to be our, our, uh, <laughs> our destiny as well. We'll let you know, though, uh, as it progresses. Most of the time that you're listening to the show, you probably won't really even realize that I'm gone because you'll hear familiar voices like Andrew Houghton, like Jeff Safford, and like yours truly. I'm still going to be contributing remotely with some of our uh, regular segments, particularly like around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, across the Red Path, our Monday afternoon quarterback with Marty Mornaweg. So, uh, mostly you guys probably won't really even notice, but uh, just keeping you, giving you the life update, as it were. Uh, they tell me that that's something that you you should do, and I do appreciate all the the kind and, and nice words that I've gotten, all the encouragement I've gotten from around the community since we started talking about this here you know, on the show. If you missed anything in today's show, heard from Matt Logie, the head coach of the Montana State men's basketball team, and Moody, senior guard for the uh, Grizz basketball team. We also talked some pressure cooker about this rivalry, which coaching staff, which senior classes for both the men's and women's rivalry games between the Cats and the Grizz have the most pressure on them. Talk some NFL some uh, hot seats, some coaching carousel, some best bets, some betting lines, and just some guest lines as well. All of it on the Nuanus Now podcast, probably presented by Shulty Law. Visit jshultylaw.com. If you've had a bad day, if you've been injured or you have uh, some sort of trouble, they can help you out. They've been litigating for uh, the better part of five decades, and they are fifth generation Montanans over there at Schulte Law. The M store where they're all grizzled all the time. Heat's back on, so they're back open. Anytime they're uh, open or not, you can always visit the Montana MStore.com And the Montana State Bookstore, best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. And if you want to shop online, you can. MSUBookstore.org. Tomorrow, we'll hear from Carol at the 2000 no Sports. Rajim Seabrook, he's actually swinging by in the morning. We have so many guests tomorrow, so I said, hey, want to hang out with you. Want to kick it on Friday, but we're going to be playing Interviews with Carolyn, interviews with Robert Ford III, Brian Holsinger, Travis Dekir. So I said, rather than you just come and sit in the studio and only talking for probably 20 minutes of the whole show, why don't we just record 20 minutes and we'll have it, and then uh, you can go about your Friday night. So uh, Rajeev, we'll hear from him uh, Friday morning thoughts on Friday afternoon. And it should be a fun one to get you set up for the uh, the rivalry games and uh, the weekend of NFL playoffs uh, as well. It's gonna be interesting tonight because it's, uh, I've, the Big Sky, the ESPN Plus edition and advent has been such an awesome thing for for us, particularly from our Skyline Sports angle, because we like to cover the whole Big Sky Conference in football. It makes it so that you can watch all the games. So I get a taste of all the teams in football because you you can get a a sort of a vibe of what of uh, how teams are operating and stuff just for watching a quarter or two of football. And on the ESPN Plus, when you're watching Mark archive, you can just bump through and fast forward. So you know, a couple hours, you can watch a little bit of everybody. It's a ton harder when it comes to basketball because, first of all, there's twice as many teams because there's men and women, and we have a huge women's basketball audience around the state of Montana. Also, non-conference I mean, you might have 20 games that are going on in a given night. So that's all to say, I have watched a little bit of some of the primary contenders of Big Sky Hoops. But tonight on this Thursday night, there's a whole slate of games that don't include the Montana schools. So uh, I'm going to be watching in on the ESPN Plus and just, uh, you know, get a couple takeaways from a couple of the different teams. So that should be fun. And uh, then we'll kind of know a little bit more about the lay of the land. I still have a hard time... Figured out where the Montana schools, especially Montana State women's and men's, fit into the league race. So maybe after seeing a couple of the other Big Sky teams tonight not playing uh, against each other, uh, we'll be able to figure out where they all fit in. Um, but it looks like uh, a wide open, I'll tell you this, I know Eastern Washington's men and women are good. I know Weber State's men are good. So um, certainly uh, we'll have more. Uh, on uh, what we think of the rest of the Big Sky Conference tomorrow as well. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for kicking it with us. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M-Store.